Gets open for three. Dagger! You know, I just kind of want to talk over this thing at this point. We have to retire. We have to retire this. And Beal is not here anymore. The Nats are like 100 years removed from relevancy. Although, I'm sure Stevie's going to tell us they're on the way back. FB, you can chime in on the caps if you want. They look really old. Obi's gonna We're be just jumping into things today, okay? There's no welcome, no hello. Curry's long gone. I don't like, I mean, Obama's not here. Trump may be coming back. We don't know, but this whole intro has to be reworked. And and I'm, it's not laziness. It's just what sound bites could we possibly put into the show at this point that would be of any relevance to DC sports? You know what hasn't changed, Joe? And what won't change is the Curse. Washington Redskins. <laughs> okay. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it's so annoying to be a fan of this team. Like, like McVeigh. Stevie, did you watch more than three minutes of the Sunday game? Hey, four o'clock game, raining uh, uh, cats and dogs. I watched the whole thing, and that was painful. And the Cowboys-Bills game couldn't even save it because that game was painful too. I had a feeling you actually watched that one. I think the late starts usually get us. Like It's uh, it's nice when it happens, but then I'm kind of annoyed because it's kind of late, and I don't like the game got away from him. FPD I didn't even realize there was a four o'clock game. That's how checked out of the season. There I was like, a funny SOS yeah. text at one, at like one fifteen, from mm-hmm. a couple of people saying, "I can't find the game." Where yeah. did they move us to pay per view? And it was like, no. Doubt. I, I truly, I truly thought the like the network coverage dropped the Redskins game because we're so bad. And I, I had see, no idea it was a four p.m. game. It was. I assumed I've, the coverage was, was dropped. It felt like a snapshot. Like it, it felt like looking at an alternate universe of like what could have been, right? With with McVeigh in particular. He him more so than for me than Kyle, more than you know, O'Connell or McDaniels or any of these other guys. Um, LaFleur, like for some reason, McVeigh feels like the one that got away from us. And I, I it just it's just my feeling. I I don't know. Like I can't can't describe it. Like Shanahan wasn't gonna stay here when his dad got fired, whatever. But the other guys kind of they all came to be who they are now as successful head coaches over the last four, five, six years, whatever it is. McVeigh was the guy that just from day one in a Rams, you know, outfit on the sideline with his, uh, you know, with the assistant that was following him with the mic and pulling him back. Like he just had it. And yesterday, you know, it just it kind of felt like kind of bittersweet. I, I suppose there's a lot that happened during that game. Stevie, you've said it now a couple, a couple of weeks running, Sam Howell looks to be going in the incorrect direction. And I I think, like, not to get too hot takey here at the jump, but I think they've got to sit him at this point um, and, and go with Jacoby, if if for no other reason than to test the scheme, because it, it's either the scheme or the quarterback or potentially both. But I think you've got to start answering these questions because you're going to have a high first-round draft pick. I, I don't think you can address any position before you address quarterback. And right now... I mean, are you confident we've got our guy, Stevie, or do, do they do they need to reevaluate again at quarterback? I, I think I'm in the minority here where I say Sam Howell showed me enough over those first 14 weeks when he was leading the league in passing yards. He's the guy. And I'm not going to assess anything else because <laughs> that offensive line, atrocious. And don't give me Jacoby came in for two drives and lit it up. That is such garbage. That I'm of course so the ready to quarterback comes in and lights it up for six passes. No, no, I, 14 it, weeks. Sam Howell showed us he can make any throw on a football field when given enough time, when given open receivers, he can fit any ball where he needs sure. to fit it. And You're that's sure. it. End of story. Hire a GM. 
hire a coach, build around Sam Howell, game over. Look, I, I completely agree with you that Sam is the guy. All right, move on. Next topic then. No, That's no, it. no. We hold agree. On. That's hold it. Hold on. Ron Rivera has stated after the season went to shit, Ron was like the biggest priority is – Before the first Ron reference. Keep going. Yeah, the, 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 full, the, the full priority of the season now is to see what we have in Sam. And I raised the same argument I raised to LP. You know what you have in Sam currently with this roster. Nothing will change in the next three games to give you more information about Sam Howell. I am not saying I'm out on Sam Howell. I'm saying he should be the guy going into next season. He should have QB competition, all of that stuff. What I'm saying is you start Jacoby because you need to now evaluate what the roster looks like without Sam, what it looks like under EB. If EB has any sort of future in this franchise, that's up to the GM that gets hired. You need to see what this offense can look like without Sam running it. You need to see how this O-line looks. When you have quicker decision-making, you need to see what Terry and Jahan and Curtis and, and all your receivers look like when you have a veteran like Jacoby who showed on Sunday can come in and, and does veteran things, right? Rookie QBs come in, they do exactly what they're told. They do exactly what EB says. They progress and, and, and go through their reads one by one by one and do exactly what's told. Veterans, a little bit more loose with the ball, chuck it up, and all of a sudden Terry comes back and looks like Terry we've seen before. I don't you have on. to are evaluate you, the rest of the roster. There's a lot of a lot of words here. Like, are you are you pro Jacoby starting or not? Like, what do you want? I am. Who should I am start pro, against the Jets. I think Jacoby should start against the, the Jets because I want to see what the rest of this roster looks like. Because everybody's trying to tell me right now that that Redskins fans should be happy going into this offseason because we have so much cap space and a new GM's coming in and a new head coach and blah. We're an expansion team at this point. Every single position group on this team is hot garbage. Every single one. DBs, linebackers, D-line, O-line, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, QB, everything across the board. It is a trash position group. And we need to see what is salvageable. And we need to see what the what it looks like with and without Sam. Because when you go into that draft, sure, you have a top four pick, but you also have the rest of the picks. And we need to see what to prioritize. And you, can't, just, you need the information. You need to get the information. Sam playing the next three it. games. I think no, they have Sam, it. you need to see what you get without Sam. It, because two, two, two things, FP, and I'll tell you. 48 hours ago, everybody was out on Terry McLaurin. That's where I'm going at, is, is that logic. I think it's a little flawed, and I'll give you this. You said Sam Howell's the guy. So assessing the team without Sam Howell, what would that tell you? If Terry blows up next week and goes for 10 catches for 220 yards with Jacoby Brissett, what would that tell you? What, what information would you glean from that? That tells me that we dropped a QB in the top four to give Sam competition instead of Marvin Harrison Jr. No, I'm being serious. Instead but, but of Marvin Harrison Jr., slope, Drake that's... May and Marvin Harrison Jr. right there, right? And Terry is doing amazing without Sam. You look at Drake May a little bit more. That's all you do. I I, I, I disagree I, with that. I, I'm on both sides of this one. I, I understand the, the, the desire potentially to stick with Jacoby to see what you have, but I also agree, like, if you don't have it with Sam, 
you don't have Sam. Like I, I think you've got to stick with with Sam at this point. Jacoby also may have benefited from a soft defense. Like that game was kind of like, did the Rams maybe stop paying attention or maybe let him have those? Like they were, they weren't exactly like the Heineke Yolo balls that Terry went down and caught, right? But they were, they were close. They were. I almost texted the group actually and said like this, this feels. If he had scored on the second one, I was, I had a text prepared to send. Uh, it, it felt very Brunel to Santana Moss, uh, the the Monday night, uh, the Monday night, uh, the Monday night miracle. Right? So love it. Um, it I don't think Jacoby gives them a bump. I don't think it puts them in a better talent evaluation mode. I, I think you've got, I think you already know what you have as you alluded to FP with every position group on the field. Like there are holes all over this roster. And I don't think Jacoby is the way to go. I also don't, I also think he gives them a better chance to win against the jets defense. And I'm not a pro tanking person, but I would rather Sam continue to get reps and learn. He's, it's been exactly. in for like five minutes, right? So like these are valuable game reps that don't cost you anything because you're already eliminated from, from all contention. I mean, mathematically, just eyeball test. There's more to gain for Sam than there is to lose for Jacoby. That, that's kind of where I'm at. I agree 100%. Yeah. And you have three years of tape on Terry McLaurin as a wide receiver. Yeah, you you have know. 14 weeks of tape of turnstile Tyler Lawson or Andrew Wiley or all these other garbage offensive linemen. Yeah. That every time I see a list of the offensive line that Ron Rivera <laughs> inherited, it is it is that criminal. Is, you know, it is criminal. It is. Where's Brandon Sheriff? No. Where, where where's Trent? Where, where we're gonna talk about crimes committed by Ron Rivera. Bring me in on Cheeseman right now. We we well listen. We have to talk about it. I, I it seems like yesterday that Ron was tinkering with the long snapper position. He was tinkering with the kicker position. He was tinkering with the special teams at large. They had a field goal block yesterday. Like this this team stinks. It stinks across the board. They ran eight plays at the one yard line. Yes, this team is terrible. Yes, yes. But but I will say, Kurt. Curtis did it look okay. Like Curtis can still get open. He can still make plays. I think I think Curtis comes back. The long Probably snapper not. was surprised he still had a job. Yeah, that was the <laughs> best quote I've ever seen. He's like, uh, was it anywhere Sam else Bur- I would have been the long snapper that Ron inherited that he decided. Sunberger, Lundberger. Yeah, who who Sunberg. had no issue ever. Like played for 50 coaches. No One issue. Job. Never an issue. One job. He was, he was, he yeah. was fantastic. It was he broke his forearm, issue. continued long snapping. And was doing great. The problem is Ron, GM Ron, to say that GM Ron is worse than Coach Ron and it not be an understatement is a big statement because Coach Ron is far worse GM GM. than he is a head coach. Which is is saying far worse as a GM, as a people manager, as a roster manager. Like he had, he knew this was the offensive line going into the season and he was fine with it. But what what else? We traded, we traded a pick or we traded back or we did whatever we did in the draft to get a fifth round pick to draft the long snapper. You don't draft long snappers. You go to Walmart and you find a long snapper and they come on the field. The Eagles long snapper before he was the long snapper was making sandwiches in their, in his mom's deli. He now has two Super Bowls. You don't draft long snappers. That is you the dumbest, it. dumbest thing that is being, is, on that, is that your story? Is it true? Yes. 100%. That is, that is the equivalent of being on a fantasy football team 
and your your best friend's wife is demands to be on the league, and she drafts a kicker in the second round. That is exactly what Ron Rivera did. Listen, it, you have to assume that the front office has a GM waiting in the wings. Candidate ready to go, you think? You think so? I, I, I hope so. I mean, these guys are billionaires. I mean, these guys are, are guys that are, are business savvy, critical thinking, strategic planners. There's no way that they don't have a plan in place that needs to be activated on January 1st or whatever day the season ends in the next couple of weeks. But I mean, it just feels weird. Diana Rossini obviously put out that, that report that the, the commanders are going to fire Rivera. Thank you. Like, yeah, we weren't aware. And water is wet. But honestly, they should do that now. Like they should announce that Rivera will be out at the end of the season. Why? For what? Yeah. What, 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 what do you gain at this point? Like, like you do that maybe after the Bears loss, right? Or the first Giants loss. Yeah, you either do it early or you wait till yeah, the end or, because anything I'm not in saying between do it. Just the announce it. Just That's announce obvious. it. That's common sense. I, I, man, I, I don't, but there's no there's no value in it at this point. Like, what, yeah. what's the value in announcing it? Well, I, I mean, I, I, frankly, I I don't think anyone from this coaching staff remains. Like a couple of weeks if, ago, you you could have made a case for for. I, yeah. If any of the Martys, if anybody that has stepped foot in Ashburn in a front office capacity stays, I, I think we're going to see riot. I think we will see Eric Bieniemy return to Kansas City, a la the Patricias and the the what was the guy that kept leaving uh, Belichick and coming back, the head coach that wrecked the, the Broncos and the Raiders, McDaniel's. Yeah. He'll just like I, I feel like the enemy will find his way back to to replace Nagy on that. I actually think he goes stuff. to Pittsburgh and, and saves Tomlin's ass. Yeah, but I, I don't think he'll be here. I don't, I don't think he'll be here. It's too dysfunctional of an organization, I mean, are, and, and there's nothing here. There's nothing here. Are we prepared for like a ten year rebuild? No, I'm. I can't. I don't have another ten. Why I, does it have to be? I legitimately might not be alive in ten. I, I'm years. gonna say like the Eagles. Years. Listen, the Eagles have had fifteen rebuilds in the last. Four years. I, the math doesn't make sense. They keep making brand new rosters without sacrificing. You just called us an expansion team. The what Houston, do you mean the math doesn't the make Houston, sense? The Texan, the Texans were rebuilt in 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 two off seasons. Two, yeah. Yeah. two. They they drafted a guy they didn't like him. They drafted another guy they like him. They they filled in the roster the rest of the way. And this is why the, the GM hire is so important. I don't it's, want it's somebody every, brought in. I don't want somebody every, brought in from a from a, a like an up and coming successful team, right? I don't. I want. I want. I want Alec Hallaby, the the assistant GM to Roseman on the Eagles. Give me somebody who has been around elite GM, whatever. Yeah, for, for, for frankly, ten years. I, yeah, and I think bring you, them in. Yes. I learned all the yeah, tricks. Give them ten million dollars. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Him. You have to. Be, like the team. Like I, I was just reading something about the Pontiac Silverdome. I, a little bit of a tangent here, right? Like Silverdome was in service for 27 years in Detroit. Like that's it. Like whoever comes in as the next GM here is going to is going to be overseeing the team as it likely moves back into the district. The the team will likely be rebranding. I think I think rebranding again within the next five years. Like you cannot continue to have this amount of turnover in, in your executive ranks. You can't you can't do it like you have to find somebody to stabilize this and with all with all respect i'll say it right like doug williams does nothing stevie your boy jason Wright, he's doing other things he's not he's not interested in, in actually 
helping the football team win games, right? He's he's in it for other reasons, right? Like they've got to stabilize the front office, and and like we are in a position now where like the team can't like can it can it get any worse as a yeah. Commanders fan here? Listen, how does it get worse than four wins, no head coach, no GM, no quarterback, no no marketable talent? Is there any talent in the top fifty? that you would say like unequivocally belongs in the top 50 across the league right now. Terry, maybe that's it. Do we, do we play at home next Sunday or MetLife? Uh, I think the next home game is the Niners. I thought, yeah, I think we're on the road. All right. So if we're playing MetLife, everybody just book it, that there's going to be a tragic injury on the the commander's roster on Sunday. It'll be, it'll be Terry. It'll be Sam. It'll be something. You can all get mad at me. Once it happens, I mean, you, you brought up Marvin. You you brought up Harrison Jr. Like, I think they have to draft him. Like, they have to find a way to to, like, you have to have a stud yeah, somewhere. I, yeah, I hundred percent agree. But you also have to always yeah. draft a QB, yeah. and and you don't get top if four I'm, picks all the time. If I'm the GM, I'm I'm burning my first round pick. I'm I'm drafting quarterbacks. Yes, like because you can you can. You're against it, Stevie? You can give me a big thing. I want my stud to wear a number in the 70s and to eat 17 different steaks for dinner and to weigh 450 pounds. Okay. You can't go top four on a on a on a uh, yeah. All, uh, yeah. I mean you you can if oh. you have if you have a quarterback, you can. Dude, you're, say you're that in front of say that in front of 71 on the Niners. I know, he will eat you alive, okay? I know. It's just it's Everybody just everybody thought he was done and he's he's got like another five years in him. But we we just you have to go QB in this league. You, you have get, a QB. I mean, if you, if you, you think, have, you, you think guy, you have a QB, you think you have a QB. You're you're gonna He's, think you have a QB when you draft him top four. There's no guarantee. Drake May, Caleb Williams, any of these guys. What guarantee but, but, but do you why, have? Why is why is Sam's mediocrity good enough for us to not look at another QB? Well, his highs were not low like his highs were super high his highs were not the broncos, mediocre the broncos game was impressive the two eagles games were very good he right? like, can be a top 10 quarterback in this league he can be what you're drafting at number four he is a top 10 quarterback that's what makes but, it so hard to but adapt. he's also not utilizing the weapons that he has what well, weapons mean, yeah i mean what you want him to throw more more oh. more 50 50s down the field is that is that what you're getting at fp just throw, uh, just bring it just saying same same roster, same offensive coordinator, your receiver. The, the, the first this the Rams game was the first time all season we've had a pass of 40 yards or more to a wideout. Oh like, my god. Uh, I'm, look, I'm I'm listen, talk I'm about not it. out on Sam Howell. I'm not out on Sam Howell. It sure like sounds him. like it. <laughs> He's I like him. He's the guy. Give me the QB competition. Next season, no, oh, no, 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 hundred no. percent. No. Yes, always QB competition. If, if you're drafting a quarterback, you're not drafting a QB at four for a QB no. competition. If you're drafting a quarterback. You're trading Sam Howell for a, a seventh round or a bag of popcorn. You he cannot be on the roster, dude. You want a QB competition? Draft someone in the fifth round and see if you strike gold. We the did. same way they His did with Sam Howell. Sam Howell. That's that's Here's fine. Throwaway quarterback. We wasted a fifth oh. round draft pick on him. Yes, he's doing. Yeah, I was great. leading the league in passing in week he's, fourteen. Listen, is he outperforming being drafted in the fifth round? Yes, he only cost you a fifth round pick. You do not get fourth round picks every year 
or, or a top four picks to every year. Point, you burn your picks on you burn your picks on 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 where you need the most help, and where you need the most help is okay. All right, let's let's put it this way, right? For for four years now, we've been discussing taking Chase Young over taking Tua or, or Herbert, right? Next year, if Caleb Williams or Drake May or somebody comes in and they are CJ Stroud or better and just take the league by storm and suddenly just the annoying. suddenly the whatever happens. You, well maybe you, they you can trade it. maybe they can trade for uh maybe they can trade for the backup in uh in Cincinnati, Browning. Maybe there's something there. Like maybe there's something there. When you when you actually play four collegiate years as a starter, maybe there is something there. You you want a QB competition? Is this chess shot? I, I don't. I, don't, I think he's trying to show us his abs. Okay, I get it. Okay, is, um, I'm I'm not not hanging up on a team's call. I um, Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Free agent. Free agent. Bring him in, <laughs> and I bet Sam Howell can beat him in a QB competition. I don't. No. Think he, I do no. not think he beats Kirk. I think you come just on, you, you're misremembering how good Cousins was. Is I, I am not Kirk Listen, Cousins is great. I, Sam Howell is. I know legit. he's got Justin, but he doesn't. I mean, it, it, Sam Justin. Howell is legit for spending a fifth round draft pick on him. Yeah, they it's house money. Like go go spend everywhere else right now. Like they have to. They have to address the secondary. They have to address the linebackers. Do you get mad if a GM and a head coach come in and they say we we want a different guy? We're gonna use our top four pick on a QB and completely and redo everything. Stevie, I, I, I think you I get mad at that? with it. If you hire a coach that that goes from whatever fake West Coast offense the EB runs to oh, something we saw, we saw that happen in Philly. We saw that happen with Wentz in Philly, right? They I, I drafted, they they saw a guy that they liked more and they made they pulled the trigger. I think I if you have a it. if you have a GM or coach who comes in and says, This is our main focal point of the issue here at hand is Sam Howell. We need to bring, I think that is a very short sighted. I think that is a very unwise look at the roster from top to bottom and identifying that as the main issue to solve. I, I, I would agree with you because I think you put any quarterback behind the commander's offensive line. I won't say they're going to struggle as much because Sam is a young guy. He's still seeing defenses, a lot of defenses for the first time, but it's a bad off. It's a very bad offense. You, you do realize over the, the, the over the better defenses that Sam's seen over the last two, three weeks, 248 yards passing, two TDs, six interceptions. That's not good. It's not good, but the Jets the Jets are maybe the best defense he's seen all season. Okay. Andrew Wiley. Yeah, I mean, Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Charles, <laughs> the, the, Charles Leno's actually played very well this season. So, like, oh, maybe, shut maybe up. Give him a pass. Shut up. He's don't stuck. give me that's some pro football focus. I, I, I like, I know. I like Sam Cosby. I, I like Sam Cosby too. I will end on a silver lining. I'm not at it, but I, I will put this silver lining is this season has gone so bad that we forget, but I don't think the front office and the ownership group has forgotten that as soon as the team changed ownership hands and it was announced this city went all in on the Redskins. And for those glorious four or five, six weeks, however long training camp and even the first two weeks of the season, I mean, they spent money. That's what I know. The ownership group is this team went all this city and this fan base went all in. And so if you're the ownership group, if you can put a decent product on the field, 
you are guaranteed this city will go all in on this team. And I mean, there's a cash cow waiting for you. I agree with you. If you can turn it around. Especially now with the potential, you know, with the wizards and the, the, the caps, you know, potentially moving to Virginia. Like there's, there's, there's real opportunity for the city to, I mean, it was all, it's always been a red. It's always going to be, it's always going to be the first city. Always, always, always. And forever. It's maybe been a little less pronounced just because the team has been so bad. You know, like 2012 was maybe the last time you really, really felt it. Like, and you saw it everywhere and the banners and the flags and the building was like sold out by like with fans out, like our local team fans in the building. But there's a real opportunity here. And, I, and that's why I'm saying it's such a pivotal hire from an executive position. Like whoever you put in charge now, and it's not just the GM of the team. It's not just the, the head of personnel. It's whoever's going to be doing marketing for this team. It's whoever's going to be potentially working on a, on a secret rebranding or, or a localized rebranding. Even something as simple as bringing the R back on the helmet. There are so many things that can will continue to keep the fans engaged through a season or two rebuild, but no one has the stomach for a five or six or seven year. Ron, remember when he showed up, he was like, it's going to be a three, four, five year turnaround, whatever. That's half of someone's career that's over because, you know, and we've heard it from Jonathan Allen. We've heard it from others on the team that are just like, I'm tired about talking about culture. Houston corrected their culture after, you know, the O'Brien disaster in two seasons. They drafted two quarterbacks back-to-back. They are on a completely different trajectory now. Indianapolis lost their first-round overall pick, their first overall pick this year in the draft. They're, they're getting it done with Gardner Minshew, who, who is a serviceable quarterback because they're solid at every uh, at the other skill positions they can get it done. Look at the Bengals. The Bengals lose their guy. They're, they're competitive. They're still challenging. They're, they're, they're fighting. They're clawing. They're, they're winning games. So, like, I, you have to get this right. And, and you know, just... I want to come back to the the potential of the uh, of the caps and the and the whiz moving to to Virginia, but just to, to go around the league here really quick, you know, like we're looking now, everything's kind of starting to take shape. The AFC playoff picture: the Ravens at eleven and three, Dolphins at ten and four, the Chiefs, who I who I personally think are pretenders at nine and five, and the Jaguars at eight and six. They're right now, anyway, the the front runners: Browns, Bengals, Colts, Texans, Bills. Bills are currently in ninth place; like they are outside looking in right now Allen threw the ball I think seven times I think he completed seven passes like they completely dismantled the Cowboys a week after I was hyping them up big time saying they're the second best team (laughs) Niners you know just to show you maybe I don't know what I'm talking about but like the AFC with the exception of the Ravens and the Dolphins like those are the only two to, to me right now that legitimately if they host the game I would pick them confidently to win the Chiefs, I'm not picking them to win, even if it's at home. The Jaguars, something's wrong with that quarterback. I can't put my finger on it. Too many fumbles, like such an erratic, too much erratic play. And the Browns, the Browns are probably the scariest team right now because Joe Flacco looks like he's he's rested and he's he's doing work. So I don't know if you guys see it differently, but to me, like the Ravens and the Dolphins are clearly the best two in the in the AFC. It's interesting to see what the Bills ultimately will do down the stretch, but like those two teams, if they if they host the game, they're going to win those games. It, it a lot will be answered this Sunday because you essentially have a Super Bowl preview of Ravens Niners Niners, yeah, and tough for fantasy matchups. Uh, tough, but not tough because both of them are still sort of fighting for that one seed or, yes. or wanting to lock it down, but. Watching watching Lamar yesterday, 
the Ravens are a fantastically run team. And and somehow you don't think about their depth, but they have great depth. They they lose running back one through four, it seems, every season. Every year, yeah. And yet they're they're still top of the league in rushing. And and a lot of that has to do with Lamar. Yeah. Sure. But it's just the the teams that you're talking about, right? Even the NFC side, it all comes down to who can play the best January football, right? And that is a, a game managing or above QB, but it comes down to how strong is your run game, how strong is your defense, and how strong or, or how deep is, is your depth, right? That's all it comes down to. Are you the least injured team with the with the most tenacious defense? And if that's so, January football is, is in your favor. That's all it comes down to. The, the Niners are going to dominate in the NFC because the Eagles and the Cowboys are both frauds. They're they're faltering a bit, yeah. Stevie, you always said, look, you want to say something. Well, I was going to say, I, I think the NFC, I think the playoffs are going to be awesome this year. And I think they're yeah. all awesome, but they're going to be awesome this year because of that jumbled up group, you know, from like three to like eight and nine, yeah. you know, making these playoff pushes. And where I think you look at is, there's really no dominant team. <laughs> I think the San Francisco 49ers are the closest thing to a dominant team right now. But I think if you look at both conferences in the NFC, you have a dominant team in the San Francisco 49ers, top to bottom, deepest team, best on at every facet of the game, uh, dominant lines. But then you have these young, hungry teams coming up. And and in the AFC, I think the Ravens are the same thing. Dominant team, best in every facet. But the two hungry teams that I look at, the Miami Dolphins in the AFC and the Detroit Lions in the NFC. I think you got, you know, young, hungry teams that have the right mentality being yes. coached by really great coaches yeah. that I think can get these guys up to play January football. Obviously, I don't trust the Dolphins, you know, January football as much as I do a Detroit Lions team that can run the ball. But I think that's what's set up. I think the Eagles are frauds. I've been saying that for weeks. Pete from yeah. Philly knows it. UNFP. They a hundred percent are a team that is is on the decline heading into January. I think the Dallas Cowboys were exposed on on Sunday. I still think because of that pass rush and because of that offensive line, they can play with anybody. But I do think the Buffalo Bills are hitting their stride. Obviously, the change in coaching and the offense coordinator and all that. I think if they can get hot, they have from a talent perspective, a quarterback that can take them to the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah. They can play with anybody. I think that, I think that's fair. I, I, I just want to adjust something, you know, maybe just a, a right size, something you said, the 49ers are, they are a dominant team. Like they, they, their, their three game losing streak is such an anomaly that like, I, it almost, it really doesn't make sense, but they have a way of like, just like just turning it on mid game. And suddenly, you know, a one or two score games goes to like, suddenly you turn around, they have 45 points. Like they can turn it on and just dismiss competition. Like it's nothing. They, they have a very unique ability just to turn it on and and just go. And it's Debo and it's McCaffrey and it's Purdy not making mistakes. It's also the defense just, you know, they, they went through a stretch yesterday where they had like five consistent three and outs, right? Like they just, they, it seems like they just turn it on halfway through the game. They figure out what they want to do. And then they go do it. The rest of the teams in the NFC, though, I'm I'm with you. I, I think the Eagles definitely trending. We'll see what we'll see. We, as we're recording this right now, they haven't actually played against the Seahawks. We'll see what happens with well, that. Jalen Hurts might not play. He, he right. may not play, right? And, and DK is probably going to have a huge game against their secondary. But Geno Smith might not play. 
it, it, I don't think it that matters. I, well, I think he will play Stevie. I think they're going to feel him out because they, they, down the stretch, they have like they're still technically alive for that first, you know, that first overall position and get that by. I think they want it, as do the Cowboys. Yeah. So, you know, obviously the, the Niners will have they're in the Niners are in pole position here. If they win it, obviously it's done. Um, the Lions, the Lions are tricky for me, Steve. I got to be honest too, because like they, they when they're on, they can score forty. When they're slightly off, like when Goff is slightly off, they really struggle. You know, a, a lot of their offense is predicated on you know their kind of their their dynamic one-two punch of Amon Ross St. Brown and uh, and Laporta. Sam Laporta having a phenomenal breakout season, right? For young tight end, like they they can go get forty points pretty much anywhere. And if they're hosting a game in Detroit, like Detroit is that that of a city that is just yeah. like they are they're the, they're us like they've been rebuilding yeah. for, for four decades and here they are now they're in a position to, to to really do something special i don't know if they've got enough talent to consist to, to beat anyone that's on their schedule but you know the cowboys i agree with you they can they can seemingly turn it on and off like if they're hosting a game they're a lot more dangerous than if they have to travel vikings i'm out on the vikings at seven and seven they're they don't scare me at all the buccaneers Buccaneers are interesting. Like, like uh, they're interesting. Like they can get points. They can play some defense, but I'll keep saying it. This is the third week. Now I said it in a row, the Rams to me are the team that nobody wants to face. You don't want to host this team. You don't want them coming into your building in Detroit and playing in a dome against you. You don't necessarily want them going to play in a dome in Dallas. If it shakes out that way, the only way the Rams maybe falter is if they have to go to Philly and the weather is atrocious, but McVay will have that team ready to play. That defense has still got some guys on it that can create a mess and havoc for for an, for opposing offenses. And they they've got receivers. McVay is a wizard at scheming guys open. The Rams are sneaky good. I, I think people are are not paying attention because they're seven and seven. But they, I mean, does anyone want to face that team? I I, I wouldn't. I that would not no. be the team. I we were talking about it yesterday. McVay's genius comes from having a solid run game. And now that Kyron Williams is, is just... He's the guy. I mean, he fumbled ex- a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he fumbled yeah. a little bit, but he essentially exploded out of nowhere, and he can get he can get the Rams 100 yards rushing like it's nothing suddenly. That, I mean, that just opens it up entirely for, for Cup and Puka and, and, and just a healthy Stafford. And, and I think he's pretty healthy right now going into this late in the season. Guys, are we going to talk about what happened in a Senate hearing room or not? We, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, but people don't that, care you, about the playoffs, okay? People want to... Hold on. I got to ask you one baseball question then we can talk about. I know you're you're anxious to get into that. One one, one baseball question, Stevie. Pitching and catching. Going who's, pitching and catching. Who's, there you go. Who's having the better <laughs> offseason, the Dodgers or the Yankees? The LA Dodgers are set up to win... Anywhere between 110 to 125 games this season for for a decade. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they may win three games a decade after. And they're only paying him two million dollars. That contract to me feels like something you would offer someone when you think the world is going to end. Like I'll that know. contract is a contract that needs to be studied in any sports marketing whatever contract class you could take i mean it it was the perfect storm of an ownership group that probably doesn't plan on being there in 10 15 years to be exactly. honest yeah that's exactly right and a superstar athlete who ain't 
pimping hoes and it doesn't need all the millions of dollars can can live off of two million dollars which i know is ridiculous but you know it's still a lot of money but you know who doesn't need the bling and, and he doesn't need to be making 50 million dollars to take care of his boys and his is, he is making 50 million dollars because he has off the field endorsements and exactly he's the, but he's a, gets he's that national star yes you have an athlete who understands that Okay, but uh, who's it helps, helps to have 1.4 billion loyal followers. Who, who's having the better offseason? Well, I will answer that question more definitively next week when Yoshimoto makes his decision, and it seems like he actually wants to play in New York with the Yankees. He requested to meet with the Yankees. This kid, if no one has seen this kid, he is awesome. And he will change a pitching rotation immediately upon being signed. It, uh, and obviously, the Dodgers just traded. Just for answer Tyler. the question: Who who's having a better offseason? I mean, the Dodgers you're, you're are set huge, up. You're a Soto guy. This has got to be exciting. Oh, you're not. You're not. It's it. You're out on one. Done. No, I am not. And there's a Soto jersey for my son's Christmas present uh, downstairs uh, beneath me. So I'm all in on Soto. But Shohei well, Otani. He listens to the show, man. Shohei Otani. He's not allowed to. Okay, you were dropping all the like, curse words. We were just talking about pimping hoes. You think I'm gonna let him listen to the show? Uh, hey, I was we're about to touch on a very touchy topic here in just a second. Um, we, we went from playoff football to offseason baseball. Shohei Otani. I mean, the, the Dodgers lineup as presently constructed is the, probably the best lineup that's ever been constructed in the history of baseball, including the Bronx Bombers, the Murderers Row, the, the 1920s group. I mean. This is a group that's going to break records. Trading for Tyler Glass now, and once Shohei comes back and pitches, it's unstoppable. I mean, they're literally unstoppable. The assumption is he he will pitch, right? That's got to be the assumption. You know, in the, not not in the next six to eight months, but yeah, eventually. That, that, that's eventually. The, yeah, eventually. Okay. Do you want to talk about the uh, the the Senate yeah. hearing and what happened? Speaking of pitching, you know, I'm you saying wanna, you want to talk about it. You can't yeah. say decency is on the ballot. Biden, Biden's America. <clears throat> Uh, it's, it's, I don't know. Like, it, it, I know we're not a family show, but I, I don't think I got the right words for that for that content either. I mean, it, the greatest mystery in DC right now is who was on the other end of that, and uh, how is Lindsey Graham not in pole position? I, pun intended. Stop, man! Stop. Uh, uh, okay, you know what? Change of plans. We're not going to talk about that one. But <laughs> Absent Wiz, if you had to, if you had to make it, if you had to pick, yes or no. Are they going to end up in Virginia? Yes or no? In Alexandria? No. Joe, I, I, that's a the done NIMBYs, deal, brother. The NIMBYs aren't going to let it happen. I mean, Stevie, you're saying yes. FB's saying no. I, I actually don't the think NIMBYs, The NIMBYs won't let it happen. I don't think it'll happen. For those of you that don't know unless what NIMBYs DC, means, unless you're not in my backyard. Unless DC's planning to turn uh, Capital One Arena into a casino, I, I don't see a plan where they will not spend what's necessary to keep Ted in Chinatown. I just don't see it. I, I have a, a, a weird question. I mean, Bowser's your girl, Stevie. You, you think she's done? You think she's going to... I'm saying, as someone who has dealt personally... PP and she's done? As someone who has personally dealt with Ted Leonsis, Governor Yunkin, and Mayor Bowser, oh, you are... This are, guy. Look at this guy. guy. You are... Oh, you are overestimating... Social media. You are overestimating Mayor Bowser's power and underestimating when Ted and Yunkin team up and they decide we're done with D.C. I, I mean, the last person to lose hope in D.C., I thought would be Ted Leonsis. When he's done with it, he's done. But he's, he's out. He's stepping into that number one villain spot right now that that uh, Snyder abandoned. Oh, I mean, you know, that stuff. 
You think hey, they listen. can split it? You think they can move the caps maybe and not the- Yo, coming from our our faith background? They cheer you on a Sunday, they crucify you on a Friday. Okay, you, you know how fickle this stuff is. Okay, if he puts a, if they put a two billion dollar entertainment venue, it's a death blow, Stevie, to the DC. It is. Oh, it's done. It's what does done. he like, care? Like nobody DC, wants to go DC, there. DC yeah. is a death blow to itself. I mean, regardless, well, of the, the, the crime, the crime, and every like all the all cities are kind of going through stuff right now, right? And I don't want to get like overly political about it, but like. That building, when it opened as the MCI Center in Chinatown, Chinatown, like, like legitimately, we, we're all raised here. Like, we are from here. Nobody, and I literally mean nobody, went to Chinatown. Chinatown was reduced basically to a block, and now it doesn't really even exist anymore, even though we, we keep the name on the metro station. But, like, that whole area is built upon a venue that is hosting games on three, four, five nights a week. Through the through the meaty part of the winter season, right through the fall, winter, and into the spring, and then it turns into concerts and whatever. That building can't sit there vacant, right? So, like the only logical all other use for that space would be a casino, and I don't I don't think I don't think DC wants to do that. Like I think I think if you're if you're the mayor of DC, you have to spend. You, it, Ted was asking for six hundred. You offered him five. I think you got to come back with eight hundred. You got to turn it like the Joe. It's done. Do, it's, it's not, done. Nothing's done. Nothing's done. Nothing's it's done, done, brother. Once he <clears throat> announced it, they had their shot. They had their 11th hour Hail Mary, but it's done. And you know the dirty secret that was underneath all of that announcement from Ted Leonsis is I don't care. Mm. I don't care what happens to DC. I don't care what happens to Cap One. I got my deal. I got my real estate deal, which you know That's is the only way billionaires are making money these days. They are not making it from PSL. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know if it's good for Virginia though. Like I gotta, I gotta be honest about that too. Like it's, oh, it's a big on. deal. Like they, they weren't gonna get the Redskins. They were like they weren't gonna get the Commanders into that location, right? Like if the option is, could you put the Commanders on that exact location? I don't, I don't think you can. Right? No, but because you, you said it yourself. An, an arena is a smaller footprint than an NFL stadium. Yeah. Yeah. It's also going to, you know, yeah, but, but they also need like, there's little details. I, I, nobody flipped through all 60 pages. of. But them. what about, they what need, about the, they, they need 8,000 parking that, spots. They've got, they've yeah. got 2,200 accounted for. Like you can't do that. You can't Dude, do that. They got four years to figure it out. They're going to figure it out. This is going to be good for the state. I trust governor Youngkin that this is going to be business, uh, you know, producing this is going to be revenue enhancements all of that and he i mean has built a reputation on low taxes he's not going to change that especially learn about tax offsets i had no idea how they worked until uh last week and brother let's trust and hey i might be letting out the cat out of the the bag here but the stadium's going to open very uh, uh near to a presidential run for 2028 don't sleep on that okay I mean, governor youngkin is going to make like sure that. this is good for virginia this also, I think, guarantees that that Mayor Bowser has to get the Redskins back into the district at that point, right? Like, the, she, she doesn't have a choice. Oh, I mean, if, if you're <laughs> Harris, nobody, nobody cares about Bowser right now. But if you're Harris, you got to be foaming at the mouth at, at the opportunity right ahead of you. Yeah, I want RFK. That, that you, I want you, RFK. you have all the leverage. Yeah, you could basically squeeze whatever you need to squeeze out of D.C. I mean, D.C. has never not had a professional, like one of the big four anyway, in it. yeah. Right, like the the Nats, like and even with the Nats, like DC owns the. There was something I read, like the Nats. It, it could potentially set up the Nats to move in like fifteen seasons or something. Some some long term deal that yeah, they isn't have. Nats Park still like one of the gems of the MLB. 
for now. Yeah, it's set up. I mean, yeah. the, the views maybe not as much as they continue to overdevelop that that part of the town, right? I mean, Navy Yard is is completely revitalized. Obviously, like the wharf, like the the city, like in the areas where they've built it, right? People have come, but now you're losing your cornerstone, and and it doesn't help that the Wizards stink and the Caps, you know, their their sellout streak ended, but. You know, they have to look at the demographics of the fans as well. The majority of Wizards fans are coming from the district and Maryland. The majority of the Caps fans are coming from Virginia. The majority of Redskins fans, the Commanders fans, are driving into Maryland from Virginia, right? Maryland, by and large, is a Ravens. Like, even if you're living the, the close part in the Chevy Chase, you're cheering for the Ravens. You're not, you're not necessarily on the, on, the, on the Redskins or on the Commanders. Like, all these things factor in as well. There's logistical things. Maryland needs to get off their high horse because for years and years and years, Virginia has gone into Maryland, not just for the commanders, but before MCI center. But, but when, FedEx, when they were right. for, for the, cap, it, the original cap, uh, capital center. Yeah. But, but yeah. Like we, the Redskins moving to Raljon, which, you know, whatever, like that move out of the city destroyed the fan base. It, it's the truth. It's the truth. It wasn't it was no longer- DC can't have two abandoned ends of the district. You can't have, Chinatown and RFK as nothing. I mean, they're going to have to figure it out. You can't have it. Yeah, they're going to have to figure that out. I have zero confidence that they will figure it out. These will be blighted neighborhoods in five to 10 years that will be just, you know, rampant with crime. What can you do with with that space in Chinatown? Like condos? What what are you going to do with with that building? No, nobody wants to live there. Right. All the businesses will move out. Yeah, it's going to be a blighted neighborhood. Well, the the other question is, the the weird thing that Ted said about the Mystics playing at Capital One. Why would he? He just got a new arena. That's the other piece of this. That's, that's the thing. Why? Why he is he got saying, a new arena for the? That's that, exactly no-go. FB. He's just saying that he doesn't He's care just it because if the biggest reason you want to leave is that you're getting ripped off on your lease, you're not going to keep the property, so. especially for the Mystics. Yeah, Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? You're gonna put a, a WNBA team in a 22,000 seat arena That's where they used 450 to people. build the smaller arena. Then you moved them out of that one too. That arena, that yes. arena that was developed, like they don't use it for anything, like esports. There's nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah. Let's put Georgetown University's basketball team. They're two uh, and six. Let's put them. I think the I, I actually looked up the numbers. They they had less than 300 people at their last home game. 300. That's that's not even a church service. Like that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where we are now with Georgetown basketball. All right, I'm done. I, I think we hit all the topics except the one that Stevie, the the, the spicy one that Stevie wanted to hit. <laughs> Decency was Vivek? on the ballot. You you want <laughs> you want to talk about Vivek and the uh, maybe we'll save that one. Van Jones, should I, go, should I go take a leak without putting my uh, my Van Jones? On? You you, 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 you put on notice. Most, he's the most exciting candidate with 4% of the popular vote ever. And that that's my that's my take on Vivek. I mean, we're going to have to parking uh, we're going to have to park this one too, but there was a giant UFC fight on Saturday night. Donald Trump was in attendance. His boy got smashed. <laughs> was his, Trump, was his potential VP candidate with him? No, Tucker wasn't there. Tucker wasn't there. Okay. No. Okay. Uh his his other VP candidate Kid Rock was there. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and actually uh, the one, the only AC Slater walked in with Trump. Really, Mario was hanging out. Of course, the the the, the walkout oh, for no. Trump at these UFC. You have no idea who's going to be behind. <laughs> oh no! 
I mean, what an what an entourage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, boys. Final thoughts, FP. Thinking about uh, Cantina Marina now that you talked about overdeveloped by Nats Park. I miss Cantina Marina. All right, P. Stevie, Stevie, final thoughts. Uh, we mentioned Georgetown's basketball team sucks. GW's basketball team best start since I think 2007, eight and two. The boys are playing well. I've been to a couple games. And Is that when you uh, play say it again. Is that when you played? <laughs> hey, Ricky Lucas. Shout out to Ricky Lucas. Okay, it's my guy. Pops Metabonsu. Pops. Thank you for making time, boys. Merry early, Merry Christmas. We'll uh, we'll be back next week. We'll see about a revised schedule for next week. We definitely want to keep the streak alive. We're very close to the end of the season. We have kept our promise and delivered a, at least one show every single week. We look to keep that streak rolling for a couple more weeks to close out this NFL season. The show's available on all social media platforms and anywhere you get your podcast. Just type in DTC Defeating the Curse. We will pop up. Same with also on YouTube as well. If you want to watch the show. You can, you can come hang out with us there. Thank you very much for hanging out with us. Until next week, we are out.